Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. I am Brittany Pacheco. And I'm Amber Churchwell. And we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to talk about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's right. The second movie in the Wizarding World franchise. Before I get uh, these wonderful ladies' uh, thoughts on the movie, let me get to the, the facts, right? I need to think of a, a better like name for like the, the movie facts or like it's like the base, it's like the baseball card. You turn the baseball card on the back, it's the stats for the movie. So here we go. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, release date November 15th, 2002, a box office of 925 million. So, you know, close to that billion dollar mark. Um, a runtime of two hours and 41 minutes, which makes the longest Harry Potter movie. The movie was directed by Chris Columbus, who also directed the first movie, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And of course, it stars Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson, Richard Harris, Maggie Smith, Robbie Coltrane, Alan Rickman, Tom Felton, Jason Isaacs, and Kenneth Branagh. So, Amber, I'm going to throw to you first. Whenever you hear the title, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, what do you think? Snake. <laughs> 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 word association there you go okay yeah um first and foremost snake um this movie i think it's because of how long it was um it i remember i loved it in theaters but i like a lot this is not really my favorite movie just because of how excessively long it is compared to all of the others. And I think it's also partially because whenever I started in, um, marathons with friends or family or anything like that, we always get through the first two and then we never get to prisoner of Azkaban and then we never get forward. So I feel like I've seen, yeah, it, it drives me bonkers. So I feel like I always get through one and two and I feel like I've seen two 5,000 times, but I can never really get around to watching the other movies with people. I always have to watch them again on my own. So it's like. Yeah, I think just you just got to spread them out over days or something because there's only <laughs> so tried. many hours. In yeah, a day. like yeah. we had tried doing like um two movies, like uh two movies one weekend, the following weekend doing the other two movies and like trying to space it out that way or even just doing one movie a week. Um, It just never worked out the same. Like, you know, people got busy. People have lives. It happens. But I feel like this one I've seen so many times. But I mean, I still like it. I still like it. Don't get don't get me wrong. I still like it, but um, it's it not my funny? favorite of movies. Would it be funny, Brittany, if I was like Amber? What do you think? She's like hated it. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Quick podcast. No. Uh, yeah. so, so, Brittany, what say you about Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets? Like I mentioned in our first pod, and if y'all haven't checked that out please be sure to do so. Uh, don't forget to su subscribe to this channel as well as Amber's YouTube channel, All of Amber's Wands, the study of wand lore in the wizarding world. There's that plug in for you, Amber. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but what Chamber of Secrets for me, uh, because it was also directed by Chris Columbus, it's very faithful to the book. Uh, granted, yes. you don't get every little detail about it. There's different things from the book that I would have liked to have seen in the movie. But overall, this is pretty much where we establish why Slytherins get a really bad name and why everyone really dislikes Slytherin, the association with like Tom Riddle, spoiler alert, Lord Voldemort, um, which is difficult to say really because both Amber and I are in house Slytherin. So it's like, yeah. are you not... really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, we're not all that bad. 
Yeah, I feel like um, uh, kind of along those lines, I feel like this movie really did a lot to say, establish that we are the bad guys. Slytherin's the bad guys. And that's it. And you don't really see any variation of that later on. (laughs) So this is kind of like solidifying that in people's minds. And people are like, oh, that's kind of where the big bad guy shows up, really. And yeah. yeah. So I mean... In, in the first movie, Ron says to Harry, when they're being sorted, there's no witch or wizard that wasn't bad that wasn't in Slytherin. And so you kind of have like that seed that's been planted. But like this is this movie, you see it from different angles. You see it from Draco, from his father, um, mm-hmm. especially how he treats Dobby. And then obviously the this prophecy, not, I, won't, I, won't, I don't know if you could say prophecy, but like this ancient... Uh, story about Slytherin having having this secret chamber and and the air has returned to Hogwarts and so it's it really puts Slytherin in a really negative light it makes for an interesting yeah. story in my personal opinion um, it does this is this is where you really establish the hate that people feel towards Slytherin and it really doesn't do um because a lot throughout this whole movie, Harry had struggles with the fact of, oh, should I have been in Slytherin? The hat did want to put me in Slytherin, but I begged it to put me in Gryffindor. So he kind of second guessing himself, seeing the similarities between himself and Voldemort, which like, and it's always seen as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Never in any way is Slytherin shown in a positive light. And that's a little disappointing for Brittany and I, I think, <laughs> but um, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> it's a compelling to see in the story. It's really interesting to see it. Yeah. yeah By the way, fine. for those who may be joining us for the live chat, drop your uh, house emoji in uh, the chat. Let us know what house you're a part of, either the heart or the actual mascot. Doesn't matter. We'd like to know. Also, in the comments, if you're watching the replay, let us know what house you're up. Yes, please do that. <laughs> so, so my thing about this movie is I like how you can definitely tell that this is based on a book series or something like there's a plan because with Voldemort, we didn't see him in the first movie. Not really. We don't really see him in this movie. Really? I like how you like, you get little bits and pieces, almost like with Avengers, how you didn't get Thanos in the first Avengers movie. I mean, yeah, he's briefly shown. You have to build up to it. I like that part of it. Show it, you know, showing, you know, the villain. We all, we know who the villain is, the the big bad. Yeah but you're not getting it in your face the first movie. And then the, the next movie is just basically a rehash of it. So they had a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a long movie, but honestly, like to me, like it, it didn't feel that much longer than the first movie. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was my only my second time rewatch, uh, you know, watching it. So uh, <laughs> real time. <laughs> okay. Well, my just first kidding. time like studying it. So there I, you go. Yeah. So I have a better understanding. <laughs> So, Looking at uh, it with an analytical eye. There we go. <laughs> so last time we focused on the cast a lot. And, you know, this movie, basically, it's basically everyone from the first movie returns. So right. I want to highlight kind of two of the, the new additions to the cast for this movie. So let's talk about we have Kenneth Branagh as, is it Gilderoy or Gilderoy Lockhart? Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. We have Jason Isaacs. <laughs> As Lucius Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Man. Never... What? What are you laughing about? <laughs> Nothing. I just unironically love Gildory Lockhart because okay. he's so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, from 
from like the start of the movie, you can tell this guy's a fraud. Like, right? He, he doesn't yeah. really. I mean, he ha- he obviously has some kind of magical ability. He has the ability to wipe people's minds, but that's pretty mm-hmm. much it, right? Yeah. Um, on the forefront of it, before Amber, you you give your your thoughts because I will let you talk. I just have to. The very fact, and I actually really didn't learn this until my adulthood. I feel Lockhart is a Ravenclaw, and yeah. they're supposed to be wise and 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 analytical and just like really intelligent individuals and and then it's like Lockhart really <laughs> well really? Uh, I have a thing about that um oh, here we go let's go <laughs> there was a, a lot of people um because and I said I showed it in the last pod for Sorcerer's Stone Philosopher's Stone whatever um I did say that I am very like supportive and loving of all the Hogwarts houses and that is very much true so I've done like so much discussions about this that um all houses have a good and a bad side and i think one thing that ravenclaws tend to have with them and i hate i'm sorry all ravenclaws but from i like i've done quizzes i know primarily ravenclaws almost like 80 percent of everyone around me is ravenclaw and they can be kind of cocky that's one of the traits that i see in ravenclaws but any more or less than Gryffindors? Uh, no, I think Gryffindor's negative trait would be recklessness. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I Yeah, I thought about this. <laughs> um, but I, um, I would say cockiness is a thing. And he, you have to admit, his whole, um, his whole shtick about wiping people's memories and then, f- like, kind of casting them aside and then taking over their identities and their lives and their mm-hmm. stories... That's very smart. It's very clever. It's a good way to con it, your way through life. It, it is. It is. It's just. But the other side of him just makes it seem like he's just an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he, I mean, because he is. Like you were saying that there's a good and bad to every house, but then for this exception, there's also idiocy. Uh, shout out to Nick and Claire walking with the woods all the way from the UK. Appreciate y'all being here. Uh, I know Nick is a Slytherin, fellow Slytherin in the house. I can't recall off the top of my head what Claire is. Let us know, Nick. And what's up to Bricky Hallows, who's a Ravenclaw. She's <laughs> in the chat today. Appreciate you being here. So Gilderoy, uh, love the absolute brilliancy that is Kenneth Branagh. All right. Like, His portrayal just... is hilarious. I... Oh my goodness. I can't. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he's wonderful in this role. I, I like I love every second that he's on the screen because he's just mm-hmm. he's just an idiot, right? He tries to help Harry with the the broken arm, ends up removing the bones altogether, and he's just he's just he's a menace, right? But <laughs> the fact that he played his role so brilliantly for me is even at, at 12 not 12. Was I 12? No, I was 13, I think, at this point. That I'm like, wow, like, he's awesome. I know I had seen him in other movies, but, like, this was the one movie that, like, for me signifies his his iconic role, right? Yeah. This is also where the later meme of he directed Thor is Did untrue because they're like, no, he obliviated the, the real director's memory and he just took credit for it. So if that, in case y'all were wondering... <laughs> this is where the meme pretty much derives from. <laughs> and I really wish that um, there's a later scene in the later books 
um, that where we do see Gilderoy again. And I desperately wish that that scene and that clip was in the uh, in the films just so that uh, for one because that's a very very interesting story with Neville like that's really really cool and awesome yeah. but I also think it would be really awesome to see Gilderoy again um, oh for sure and this movie Justin I'm not sure if this is part of your notes or not but if I'm not mistaken this is the only movie in the whole series of Harry Potter that had a post credit no other movie has a post credit right. the post credit does mm-hmm. involve Gilderoy Lockhart post backfire obliviation spell. He has no idea who he is. And as an author, he rightfully pins this book. Maybe he doesn't pin it. Maybe someone else did. Who am I? And you see him in like a straight jacket kind of thing. And I think it's just a great, like a great little nod to what happened to Gilderoy after his time at Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah, as an MCU fan and just superheroes in general, I did enjoy the post credit, and it got me thinking. Like, is that the only post credit? Because I didn't remember if there were. It is. It's, it's the a, only post credit. Yeah, it's not a huge thing in in cinema. I mean, I'm sure it will be with the popularity of of Marvel and everything, but uh, mm-hmm. that's cool. So Kenneth Branagh, he was great in this role. However, he wasn't the first choice. Hugh Grant was actually the first choice to play Gilderoy Lockhart. Um, Weird but to he think was, about, but yeah. yeah, unable to do it because <laughs> of scheduling conflicts. And then also Alan Cumming was uh, considered for the role. Really? I didn't what know. Do you, I didn't what do y'all think about Oh, wait. That? You know what? I, I think I read recently. He came out in an interview recently saying that and how he just thought either he thought or maybe his manager thought that it was just kind of like a ridiculous uh, scenario to to be a part of. Or maybe I have it wrong altogether. But I do remember recently reading about Alan Cumming being i think he could have been equally brilliant too i i i love him as an actor as well but there's just something about kenneth that just makes that role so special and i don't think there's any other person that could have done it the way that he did it's kind of like associating robert downey with with iron man no no that's going too far like because like wow no, I mean, because like Robert Downey Jr. like is Tony Stark. No, like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. To, no, to like but, it. but I mean, like, like no one else could play that role besides him. Agreed. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying about okay. Kenneth Branagh and Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. I don't think anyone else could have played Gilderoy Yeah, Lockhart. he did the whole gummy smile, ridiculous, yeah. like, I am so important. Yeah. Everyone loves me. And mind it's you. It's just perfect. <laughs> mind you, in the, in the book, like, he's supposed to be much younger i mean yeah, everyone's gonna have to age up you know for... a heartthrob <laughs> it's kenneth brana what's not to love but yes um except maybe his ex-wife who was in the third movie and <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll they, talk about that later they did age everybody up but they also did the same with um snape and like harry's parents and like oh, yeah. Sirius and everybody they did it a lot um i think it's because alan rickman was so perfect for the role but he didn't look the age that his character is supposed to be. No, so um, I think they kind of just comparatively tried to age everybody else up. Yeah. Kind of match. Yeah. I agree. Sorry, I've got a fire truck on my end. So uh, y'all can keep <laughs> so talking. Let's move on to the addition of Jason Isaacs as Lucius Malfoy. Now, the first time I remember seeing Jason Isaacs was in a little film that starred Mel Gibson called The Patriot. And Jason Isaacs was an absolute freaking legend 
in that movie <laughs> as the villain. Okay. Like that's kind of all I see him as now. Of course, I've seen many things with him since mm. the Patriot and Harry Potter, but he plays the villain so well. Like he, okay, and, and let me sit on my, or stand on my little soapbox for just a moment. So <laughs> mentioned at the top of the show, how this movie Chamber of Secrets kind of paints Slytherin in a really bad light. Right. We know that Draco Malfoy is in Slytherin. We know he's like, Harry's nemesis, if you will, right? Yeah. And you you snot. hate him. He's a little snot. Like, you, you hate him in the books. You hate him in the movie a little bit more so. But then you see Luci Lucius Malfoy walk in. And then you're like, oh, Draco's not that bad at all compared to his father. His father's yeah. despicable. Not on Dursley level despicable. Mm -hmm. But damn, like, he is mean. And you understand yeah. why Draco is the way that he is. Right. Yeah, you kind of get a little bit of the vibe that he's more of a product of his environment than organically just a little shit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I failed to mention that uh, Nick says Claire is a Gryffindor, and apparently she's explaining everything to, to him as we're speaking. Hopefully you're getting some education, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's learning things, too. Yeah, I'm getting the same education right now. Yeah, live in real time. Exactly. Uh, no. Think about. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like uh, Jason Isaacs, Isaacs. He really gives Malfoy like a great. He has a great villain look. He also has a great villain voice. You know, like you oh, really yeah. like. He definitely. My first. Pulls it my off. first interaction of seeing uh, Jason Isaac was in Peter Pan. He played Hook, and oh my god, he did. Oh, that he was perfect. I was absolutely obsessed with that. Like, um. I, I loved his portrayal of Hook. I, I I really, really did. And I, of course, like as a kid, you know, you don't really recognize specific people, I guess. So I didn't really realize that they were the same person until I was much <laughs> older and I rewatched it. And I'm like, oh, that's Lucius. <laughs> and, uh, but he does phenomenal. He's good at playing the villain and mm -hmm. he, he loves it. And um, him and Tom Felton actually have like, are super, super close they constantly refer to each other as son and father all the time. Oh my God. Yes. It's genuinely hilarious. I love his portrayal of Lucius. And even like in the later films, like he just does so well at portraying how uh, Lucius's 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 Lucius story. Lucius, I don't know. <laughs> the story of Lucius. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and he's got some pretty iconic lines in, in this movie. And one of them, I don't think, Amber, I can't speak for you, but I didn't catch it when I first saw the movie. Now, I did not watch this movie in theaters eight times like I did the first movie. I probably saw it like six. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea how many times <laughs> I saw you this. saw it in theaters, though. Yeah, I, I saw I it opening that. day. Um, yeah. I went to go see it like again with my best friends uh, like the next day, probably, because why not? But I saw this movie many times in, in theaters, just not nearly as much as Sorcerer's Stone. But with with Lucius Malfoy, when we first meet him, you know, and the, the hair and, and the cane, like the cane is so iconic. And then when you discover that the cane yeah. also houses his wand, which, by the way, Amber has. I do. I'm so jealous. It's out of reach, but I have it. <laughs> it's iconic. Okay, it's so iconic. Amber actually did do a video about said yeah. wand over on her YouTube channel. Go ahead 
<laughs> and take the time to follow her. Also go follow her Instagram. I have it here on the banner. Thank you. Go check her out. But, you know, he's just, he just kind of gives off that, that, that vibe of like, don't fuck around with me. Right. Like I will yeah. fuck you up, you know? And, and he's got some great one-liners, especially towards the end of the movie where mm -hmm. the, the big, the big thing has happened and he's in the, in the headmaster's office with Dumbledore and Harry and, and he turns and looks, and I love the fact that this was improvised at one point, right? He looks to Harry and says, well, let us hope that Mr. Potter will always be around to save the day. And Harry responds with, don't worry, I will be. Fucking iconic. Like, but the, a little the delivery, <laughs> the delivery of Jason Isaacs with that line is yeah. just forever in our hearts and our mind. And it's, and uh, Dan Rad so. actually ad-libbed that. that. Yeah, he did. It? That, and so, like uh, Jason Isaac said later on, he was just like, I did not expect that reaction. And I was like, yeah, keep acting. But he can turn it on and turn it off. Mm -hmm. Like when he's Lucius, he's Lucius. But like cut, he's like, oh, dear boy. Like, I'm so sorry. Like he whacked Daniel during that scene. And he's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, are, are you all right? <laughs> he goes. And, and the other thing that I was mentioning that I didn't no notice at the time was the final, final encounter between Lucius and, and Harry when Harry frees Dobby, <laughs> Dobby is free, is when Lucius says, you've lost me, my servant, pulls out the wand and he starts like saying a spell. And I don't think any of us at the time knew it was the killing curse. We didn't. <laughs> no. And it was no, just we, like, whoa, you're no going to kill a kid on school property. That doesn't sound so far-fetched these days. Um, <laughs> because he freed your servant. Bit yep. extreme. Big extreme. Yeah. I mean, good help was hard to find. So oh my God, Justin. <laughs> um <sighs> yeah, I yeah, I did we didn't know that that was the name, the proper name or word for the spell. No. Um incantation. I, I think the, uh, yes, thank you. I think the, because the books were out by that time. So mm -hmm. they, like the in the books we know, but this is the first time in the movie. So movie watchers, this is the first time that you're actually really seeing um, and hearing the incantation for Avada Kedavra. Mm -hmm. But we. We didn't know. You Yeah, you, you won't know. It's at least until the next, um, until the like fourth, fourth movie. Yeah, fourth, fourth movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah, in the fourth movie when we learn about the uh the other unforgivables, you're not going to know that. So, it's kind of a little um easter Four. egg for you to go back through and be like, "Oh, it is going to kill a 12-year-old." It is. But again, with Jason Isaacs as Lucius Malfoy, like he delivered and he did not disappoint. Funny enough, I don't know if my brother's here uh in the live chat. He's actually met Jason Isaacs at a com, I believe either here in Houston or in San Antonio. He has a picture uh, with him and his daughters it's a it's a wonderful photo he's my brother says that jason was very very nice great to talk to he also speaks fluent spanish so they kind of carried a conversation Whoa. you know on the spot so i'm like i thought that I was did not know that the more you know ding 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 <laughs> anyway but yeah like I, I love the addition of jason isaacs and kenneth brana in mm -hmm. chamber of seekers they they both held iconic roles for yeah, sure. and gotta love that luscious Lucius hair. <laughs> yes, <laughs> gotta love it, especially when he pulled it back in like a ponytail with the ribbon. You know, it's yeah. like that's so patriot. That's just so patriot to me. Like, 
Yeah, you can tell that this guy is like a noble, rich guy. Like 100%. I'm too rich. I, I, like I'm stupid rich. <laughs> like hundred percent. You can't. You just gotta deal with it, everyone. Else. He's got swag. Everyone else. All right. He's got swag. It, mm-hmm. it, he just drips swag. It's it's cool. It's like I don't hate the guy. I mean, he's an asshole for sure. But like, yeah. <laughs> I, I I like I like the actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic villain, especially for like the second <laughs> movie in a series and kind of to establish the living currently villains of um, mm-hmm. of Slytherin and show how they can still be kind of nasty, even not students and not in Hogwarts and not Voldemort. Yeah, especially yeah. with that pure blood mentality. And what I like about it is you're kind of like building up a layer of villains. Like for mm. someone like me who I haven't read the books, I have seen the movies once a piece. I'll, I've watched now a couple of these twice now, but like, you know, Voldemort is the the big bad at the end, but now you've got, you know, Snape is kind of villainy, kind of like a villain. You've got, got vibes. Yeah. You've got Malfoy, obviously like it's, I, I like the layers of it. It's not, it's, you know, there's more to it than kind of meets the eye. So Malfoy is just a petulant child. That's all there is to it. There's re- no real, at this point, there's no real villainy to him. You know, it's, it's more. He's just a brat. He's, yeah, he's just spoiled brat. Like that's all there is to it. But it's his father who plants the curse, not cursed, the, what we will discover to be very important in the later movies and uh, an item a diary that once belonged to Tom Riddle, AKA Lord Voldemort. He plants it into the hands of an innocent child. Yeah, that of Ginny Weasley. To, yeah. To like, you know, do to do her bidding to do to have her do the bidding of the dark Lord and Malfoy. You can see, you can see where his Alliance falls for sure. And mm-hmm. like what you're saying, Justin, with you creating that layer of, of understanding like the villains and the doings of, of who they are and what, and what mm-hmm. they do. Right. It's uh, I think it's, it's well also, established. Yeah. I think it also does really well at um, building this world outside of just the school. Mm. Like mm-hmm. that there are more things going on that aren't just about the school. Yes. It takes place primarily in the school. Yes. It has to do with the founders of the school and, most of the locations are on the school campus, but um, yeah. it's bigger than that. This is a whole world with pe- adults who have been to this school and history mm-hmm. uh, throughout this entire school. We see like 50 years worth of history in this series and this movie alone. So yeah, it's just creating this universe, the mm-hmm. wizarding world. Yeah. We're really starting to deep dive into what's going to be, harry's end game basically mm-hmm. and i think like what you said justin they this movie does a really good great job with establishing the story and the storytelling and not giving it to you all at once we kind of get it in like bits and pieces with like the relation of harry one thinking okay should i have been in slytherin altogether because i can hear a voice that no one else can hear which turns out to be Parcel tongue, which is snake language. This was showcased the first for the very first time in the first movie when he accidentally released the python in in the zoo on his cousin. And you see it again 
at the dueling club. By the way, that's one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when Harry and Malfoy duel at at the behest of Snape and Gilderoy Lockhart, who equally doesn't know how to duel. <laughs> but that's one of my favorite scenes just because you can see the kids face off and like, you know, try to try to outdo each other and and Draco trying to catch Harry off guard with with his Serpensordia charm or whatever and here's a snake oh no it's gonna get you and then harry like starts speaking to it and everyone's like freaking out oh my god you can talk to snakes guess who else could talk to snakes one of the hogwarts founders salazar slytherin what a banger of a name too salazar great, slytherin like great, great name. name yeah it name. is all of the founders have pretty pretty great names i'm not gonna lie but so, i mean it's all alliteration. It's fine. Yeah, love the alliteration. So Amber, Brittany just mentioned the the dueling wands uh, scene. Obviously, you're very much into wands. What, what's your take on that scene? Only a little. Yeah, a little. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I uh, I really really liked it. Um, we there. It's very very interesting because these two wands actually have a lot to play in the final book in the final movie. They have a very important role, specifically with these two characters. And mm-hmm. I covered a lot of it in the Draco episode of my channel. But I like going down to, down into the wand stats, like Draco's wand is a um it's Hawthorne wood, which is his um also like tree zodiac thing. And it's a unicorn hair core and um those two things are very stubborn and very <laughs> loyal to their person and <clears throat> uh Hawthorne actually has a lot of very very um contradictory history and lore and mythology around it that actually fits perfectly with Draco and his personality but main basis of Hawthorne wands is that they just don't want to work for anyone else. Once they find their bonded person, that's it. I'm only working for that person. Sounds and, like my dog. Yeah. <laughs> wands are, you know, they, they're loyal. It's a thing. They're, they're man's second wizards. best friend. Yeah. They're wizard's best friend. Wizard. There you go. That's even better. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, unicorn cores are the, are in, exceptionally loyal and they're very um, pure, innocent magic, and uh, the least likely to turn to the dark arts, which is very, very um, interesting for it to be Draco's wand core. And hmm. uh, yeah, it's very difficult to turn unicorn to the dark arts, and unicorn wands actually have the tendency to just straight up die and not work and need replacing if uh, taken from their original owner. That's why. It's um, a bit dramatic, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, they they can fizzle out. It's a thing. It's a um, we see a couple of unicorn wands that do that. Like a hmm. Neville. One of the things that ne- Neville had issues with is he's just not really great at casting spells for most of his uh, school career, and then once his but, wand breaks. But I think that's because he was using his dad's wand, not his. His dad's unicorn core wand. <gasps> right. 
Mm-hmm. This and is this only is... what you can get on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, this is what you get on Amber's uh, well, YouTube I mean, channel. That's what <laughs> I'm talking I mean, about with her on the podcast. Obviously, yes. Thank you. Um, and also with Ron, our little uh, well, wrong way. He's this guy. There you go. Um, yeah. he actually in this movie he breaks his wand, but <laughs> that was a that was a wand that was a secondhand wand that originally belonged to his brother Percy, which was a unicorn core wand. And so, so this year, once he gets a replacement wand, oh, he's suddenly excelling Makes a little bit better in school. All the sense in the world at this point. Yeah. Does. So what's really, really interesting is what happens with Draco's wand in relation to Harry later on in the series, which we will touch upon <laughs> later, eventually. Much later. <laughs> but I think... This like it just kind of introduces that they are very very different and uh, like Phoenix Feather and Phoenix, which is uh Harry's one Wood mm-hmm. and Holly and Hawthorne, they're they're all both they're kind of contradictory and I think that suits both of them really well because Harry and Draco are foils of each other. Mm-hmm. That's the entire setup of them and their wands are that way too. And I really yeah. liked. I, I like the duel as an introductory to that. We don't get in all of the details of Draco's wand at this point, like in the books or in the movie, but um, from a wand standpoint, it just makes me excited to see them duel. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know, Amber, I think I've already told you this, but Draco's wand is the first wand I ever purchased from the Wizarding mm-hmm. World of Harry Potter and Universal. I don't know. There's something classic about his wand because when as the movies progressed, a lot of the characters' wands changed, mm-hmm. gave it a little bit more personality. And Draco's, for whatever reason, was more or less kept the same as the original. Yeah, pretty stagnant. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just something classic about his wand that I like. But yeah, that, that mm-hmm. dueling scene altogether is just, it's just a fun scene because I think there's a point in all of our lives where you just kind of like want to run up on someone and just like beat the snot out of them. And this was like yeah. the, the one opportunity that was going to be supervised by teachers and, <laughs> and yeah, like, like cast curses on each other go for it like you know whatever one of the only times that you're actually like permitted by teachers and authority figures to uh basically Disarm throw each other yeah yeah basically throw punches at a little prat who's been a bully to you <laughs> like who wouldn't want that growing up like the kid that just really liked to push your buns and annoy the hell out of you like it's just me. a chance to get at them that's great it's me hi i'm the problem it's me <laughs> oh, Slytherins, babe. i know that's what happens but yeah like that's that's a fun scene there's there's a lot of scenes that you'll see with draco and harry i i think one of the fun ones is of course the polyjuice potion scene where it goes horribly wrong for hermione you she plucked the the hair of a cat instead of a of, off the person's head and that's why she does not take part in this journey to the Slytherin common room but it's fun that the the boys they they turn into Crab and Goyle who are Draco's minions if you will but like they keep the same voice obviously I know they did that for cinematic reasons just so you know who's whom uh, yeah. but I think it was just a it's it's another great line from this movie and it comes from tom felton is when he asks where or he asks why uh 
is it crab or is it Goyle? I can never remember Goyle. Goyle. Um, why are you why are you wearing glasses? And he's like, oh, reading. He goes, reading. I didn't know you could read. <laughs> yep. And it's fun just, fact it's... that um, Tom forgot his lines. Yep. He, he forgot did. his lines, so he just said that, and they thought it was hilarious, so they kept it. <laughs> they just they just ran with it. And by the way, we all we know this, Amber and I, because we participate in Tom Felton's book stop of his memoir, and yes. it's a good read. I I recommend. I recommend that book to anyone. It's it's Beyond actually the wand. It's actually written very well. I liked it. It is. It's beautiful. I absolutely loved it. And you get a fun tidbits too of Tom's time, of course, on set yeah. and behind the scenes stories and such. So yeah. Don't but, be surprised uh, if we sprinkle that throughout the rest of these pods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um that quote is very, very funny. And to me and um my my boyfriend, he actually quotes that like a lot because he just knows that it'll get a chuckle out of me. Like, I'll say I'm reading, I'll say I'm watching something, or like I'll, oh, I'm doing something. He's like, I didn't know you could read, and it's just constant. Yeah, and it's so funny, it never fails. Yeah, I think I said something like that to John the other day, and I'm just like, wow, I'm a jerk. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about some other. Uh characters that we meet for the first time that are obviously have pretty big uh meaning to the harry potter lore so we meet we meet dobby in this movie we of course meet tom riddle which his full name is tom marvolo riddle which is voldemort which it's like rearranges to say i I am am lord voldemort but the the character I want to focus on first, the new character, is Moaning Myrtle. So does anybody want to do a moan, Moaning Myrtle impression real quick? Or no. This is about no. as good as it's going to get here. I don't have the pigtails, but I have the bangs and the glasses. <laughs> Everyone was saying that basically it was Daniel Radcliffe dressed up as as a female, and that's not the case at all. How dare no, you she's a pretty popular Shirley Henderson like that? People. Yeah, she's a pretty popular British actress. And oh like God, she's in Doctor yes. Who. Like, I think a couple of times, actually. But yeah, she just has a very young, young face. And no one wants to do was... the voice, though? No, the voice no, no, no. I Fun don't fact... want to blow out any eardrums. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to either. It's a ridiculously high falsetto just... type voice. It's just uh... redonkulous. But you can actually hear her voice inside the bathrooms at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in mm-hmm. Orlando. I don't know if it's available in California, but I know for sure it's it's in Orlando. It freaked me out the very first time that happened. I'm like, what the hell? Who is talking to me while I'm in the stall? Like, no. Very, very frightened. Well, first of all, you're in a cubicle, right? Not a stall. And, uh. and, you know, as she told Harry, you know, if you die down there, you're welcome to share my toilet, which is so true romantic. love, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. This ghost want- is so thirsty. <laughs> who wouldn't want to spend the rest of eternity in a U-bend? Like, you know, why not? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, she spent most, um, she spent, uh, the girl who bullied her, the reason that she was in the bathroom crying the whole time. Um, she spent that like woman's like in most of her life haunting her and tormenting <laughs> her. And, um, I don't and remember. She banished. Yeah. She got banished. So she just went back to Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> as, as one would. So, yeah. And, and Moaning Myrtle, you're right, Justin has like a pretty big role in this movie. This is. The first time we get to see her, not the last time, but she was at Hogwarts 50 years ago when we uh, discovered that the monster from 
the Chamber of Secrets was unleashed and killed her. Right at the, at this point, you know, we don't know what the monster is, how it's killing people. We just know that it's petrifying mm -hmm. everyone. So they're not dead, but if you don't unpetrify them, then they could potentially die at some point. Right. So she was the actual first victim of said monster. And what it comes to be is that the monster is unleashed to kill Muggleborns. So mm -hmm. quick definition for people. Muggleborns are people who have who have non-magic parents, but they themselves possess magical abilities, right? Mm -hmm. And Salazar Slytherin, being the pure blood wizard that he was, didn't think that the school should welcome anyone outside of the pure blood status. Maybe even mm -hmm. half blood status. I think he was just strictly pure blood. This is again why people don't like Slytherins. Like we don't, yeah. we're not all like that. People. I've heard a theory, and it's a very very small theory. I'm just going to touch on it, but and like leave it at that. But I've heard a couple of people theorize, trying to like, I guess, lighten the historical load off of Slytherin. Was that around that time was when like the uh, in the UK was when the witch trials were happening. So they were being targeted very much so by outsiders. And it was more of like, hey, we need to protect the school mm. from non-magical people. Otherwise, they're going to kill us. Mm. And that's kind of like one excuse. And again, that's a theory. There's no confirmation of that. But that's yeah. some people who have tried to come up with a situation as to why other than just plain old racism. Yeah. So, yes, racism exists everywhere, people. Like... <laughs> both non-magical and magical world. But yeah, so Moaning Myrtle, who was a muggle-born, she was, she died in the bathroom. That's why she haunts the bathroom at this point. And she kind of helps Harry later on with, with uh, the location of where she saw the monster come from. And that's how he, Ron, and <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart all go to the Chamber of Secrets. So, yeah. So, Lady of Bast, I believe, 250 says Slytherins can be pretty great in those Hufflepuff's opinion. In this Hufflepuff's opinion. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Love. Thank you so much. So, from Moaning Myrtle, let's go back to Tom Riddle. And I want to talk about some casting stuff. So, in this movie, Tom Riddle is played by, let me find the name. I lost the name. Hold on one second. Christian Coulson. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, before he was cast, Eddie Redmayne, who later played Newt Scamander in the Fantastic Feast films, auditioned for the role. Did y'all know weird. that? Yeah. And... <laughs> I did, but it's weird. To think okay. about it. It's I don't, very I... weird. Not, that's not to... yeah, yeah. That's not to say that he couldn't do it. I mean, I, I think we've seen yeah. him kind of play a villain type. In oh, what was that movie, Justin? Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty awful movie. Oh, yeah, it was. I never did that fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would have been I, a while. Somebody brought it up that, the yeah. other day. Someone oh, okay. brought it up the other day, and I was think, and I and I, I don't know why I was thinking about it, and I was just like, that movie is just so dang. It's weird. so bad. No, I've it's so bad. It, but I don't it might be interesting that. if you're if you're if it might be a good movie if you're high <laughs> or drunk. <laughs> um, the costumes though were pretty intense the costumes oh, you were wearing was pretty intense but well, you, but um, Eddie Redmayne alone in that role was just like it was a very different 
role for him. It was it, the voice, yeah. the look, you know, but whatever. Yeah, so yeah. it would be weird. But we know if, he can do it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it would have been weird if he was Tom Tom Riddle. <sighs> I'm I'm very much okay with the casting that they made for the Tom, the 16 year old Tom Riddle that we meet. Yeah. I, it's very unfortunate. He wasn't able to come back as Tom Riddle in, in like a different movie. Um, spoiler. You do get to see him in, again in a flashback, but it's not the same actor would have been great to have him though, but he, he kind of, he, I think really embodied what the book described to be Tom Riddle. He was charming. Yeah. He was handsome. He was mm -hmm. a, a, a good student. Like he was a prefect. Um, yeah, he's at, believable. At, very much believable. I mean, talk about someone who can manipulate. And when he learns of his true ancestry, because Tom Riddle was orphaned as, as a baby, when he learns who he really is and discovers that he is the heir of Slytherin and he speaks partial tongue, he can access the Chamber of Secrets and set forth the, the beast, which... At this point, we learn is is a basilisk, which is a giant serpent. Appropriate, isn't it? Um, you know, he he's like, come fuck, you know, fuck around and find out, basically, kind of thing. You know, to Harry, like he charmed the pants off Harry as well through a damn diary. They never met face to face, but he was convincing. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And um, let me fun little comment. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is the one you were saying his middle, his full name, Tom Marvolo Riddle. Uh, in the French adaption of the books, they for it to still spell out I am Lord Voldemort, they had to change his middle name to Elvis. Oh, I did hear about that. I just think That's it's funny. funny. And I that just is really funny. Throw that in there. Tom Elvis Riddle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. <laughs> Marvello yeah. is cool. Marvello is is a, a cool name in general. Yeah. A lot of Slytherins have pretty awesome names. That they do. That they do. Yes. So You know, Brittany, you mentioned the diary, and that reminded me of a movie we just watched, uh, Shazam, you know, Shazam Fury of the Gods, because there is a, <laughs> instead of a sentient diary, there is a sentient pen. <laughs> pen, yeah. Name Steve. Name Steve, yeah. <laughs> similar, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. that. That's actually one of the better parts of the movie. <laughs> okay, I mean, there's a lot of magic in Shazam. Shazam is a there magical is. superhero, so it's and and Amber also you, WB. So yeah, Amber, you would probably actually enjoy it. There's a lot of uh, mythology in it. For yeah, sure. I mean, so. I've seen the first one. I just haven't seen the second. Yeah, well, this one. I went. I had the chance to see that or seeing Scream, and I'm a Scream fan, so I saw Scream. Mm, there you Scream. go. You chose right. <laughs> you chose right. No, but getting back to. Uh, Harry Potter with with Tom Riddle in the diary. It's a uh, it's funny. It's like a simple little thing can cause so much damage and take possession yeah. of of an innocent little girl. That's Ginny Weasley, mm -hmm. who throughout her whole first year at Hogwarts pretty much has like no recollection of anything because she was just possessed like 98 yeah. percent of the time. This is from the books, y'all. And you know, I I felt bad, of course. Like, yeah, you've you've you meant to, and I mean, a lot of people tend to forget this. Like after that happens, they kind of forget that about Ginny, 
And especially since of like how Ginny was done in the movies, like they kind of just forget about that. <laughs> but there's a there's a conversation later on in the books where like when Harry's experiencing very scary possession like symptoms with Voldemort and yeah. she is trying to talk to him about it. And he just doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about it. She's like, well, I'm like another person who was also, you know, possessed by the same guy. So, I mean, yeah, if you're going to talk to anyone, talk to me. And <laughs> I think yeah. that because it's it's true. And Harry even forgot about that. So I think it's something that a lot of people forget, but mm -hmm. it's very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So not that Ginny really had like a a lot of screen time in this movie it's of course just focused on harry who else you know everyone thinks he's the heir everyone thinks that he's killing in or indirectly wanting to kill the muggleborns which would be stupid because his best friend is a muggleborn and then oh by the way she gets petrified too <laughs> and so, he's a he's a half-blood and he's a half-blood yeah you're right harry is so it's a it's an interesting thought to even consider that the most famous boy in the world who defeated the dark wizard when he couldn't even walk yet you know th then the theories of like oh well he just didn't want to be outdone that's why he took out voldemort when he was a baby really people well, there's a lot of theories that um they thought they didn't think that he was going to be this big bad uh like hero to voldemort's villain they thought he was going to be like voldemort's second coming they thought he was going, they thought he was good. They, a lot of the Death Eaters that remained after the war, like Lucius, uh, thought that Harry was going to be the next Dark Lord. So they, that's why, that's why everybody was like so anxious when he was being sorted. That's why even Dumbledore was like, why is this taking so long? And that's because everyone was, <laughs> everyone was anxious about whether he was going to be sorted into Slytherin and kind of just follow the same steps of Voldemort and be, you know. Could you could you imagine the likes of Lu Lucius Malfoy, let alone Draco, following Harry as the next wave of Voldemort? Come on. <laughs> I, I feel like that would make Draco's <laughs> behavior make a little bit more sense. Mm, maybe so. Because, like, he would be more of a brat about it. Like he's just like my my father has more respect for this dude who just walked in <laughs> off the street more than me. Like yeah. I, I think it would make more sense for yeah. that, but it's definitely a whole situation to see that Harry mm -hmm. could have been this way. Well, I think what's even more sad is the fact that our dear friend Hagrid was falsely accused of being the heir of Slytherin, right? You know, the ministry comes out for him and says, hey, you know, because of what happened 50 years ago when you were, you know, expelled because you, you know, you had a beast in the castle that shouldn't have been in the castle. Uh, you know, Tom Riddle, by the way, was the one who discovered everything. And we all believe that guy because he's so charming. Uh, Hagrid, guess what? You're you're going to go to Azkaban, the wizard prison. Yeah, like you're a scapegoat. <laughs> Yeah, you're the scapegoat. Like, you're half giant. No one likes you. So it's like, get out. <laughs> it's like, what? Random question, kind of throwing off. Like, how bad is the familiar, like, I guess, census records of the Wizarding World? Like, how like, how, how do they not know who this, like, they have the Sacred 28 families, like the Malfoy families, right. like, parted back, like, yeah, dozens and dozens of generations, but they don't know who the heir of one of their 
<laughs> the mo most important like wizarding school in their area they don't like that would raise questions especially when we talk about hogwarts legacy yeah well, we'll i don't we'll, even know we'll cross that bridge when we get there we'll cross that bridge when we get Fine. there <laughs> anyway so what about the character of dobby we, we meet him almost immediately in this episode, very early in the episode, or in the, in the, I'm sorry, episode, in the movie. Sorry. <laughs> it's like an episode to me because we're watching it like week to week. But uh, <laughs> no, very, very, very like the first like five, 10 minutes of the movie, we see Dobby. Uh, Amber, what does that character mean to you? And, you know, what he obviously <laughs> continues to be later on. Um, I have more appreciation for Dobby later on as the story develops. I think in the beginning just going off of this i was kind of on the same boat as harry where i like i kind of just have to live with this dude now but he is kind of annoying me um i was very much exactly like harry when i watched it for the first time i i mean we understand like we have more compassion for him and we understand and we see his side of the story but it also shows like a lot more of the um i guess structural um intersocial backgrounds of everybody in the wizarding world outside of just the wizards because we do know that magical creatures exist we've seen a centaur in the first movie we've seen we know that harry that haggard's a half giant um they've discussed a couple other uh, other magical creatures especially in the books but in the mm -hmm. movies they've discussed a couple others that you don't really consider it like yeah that in this world there's going to be elves or house elves and there's going to be goblins, goblins. We've seen them in the banks like it's interesting to see how the high social hierarchy works. So I think he's a very important character to show that. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I agree because initially when you first meet Dobby and he's jumping on Harry's bed and he seems to be having like a good time and, and then he stops and bows to Harry and, you know, kind of goes into, I guess, like servant mode, if you will, even though he's not Harry's servant, but he's, he feels compelled to warn Harry about why he shouldn't go back to Hogwarts. There's a plot, an evil plot to make most terrible things happen. Yes. I can quote this movie. I've seen this movie hundreds of thousands of times. Same. I'm trying not to, <laughs> but yes, we can speak Harry Potter, but with uh, like Amber saying to one, understand the, the hierarchy of these magical creatures and, and beings in the wizarding world House elves are like at the very bottom, right? You you can sense that by what he's wearing. It's like a, like a basically like a pillowcase, if you will. It's, it's splotchy. It just it he just doesn't look like he's well taken care of, right? It's it's a symbol of being in servitude to a wizarding family, and the only way that he can be released is if he's given clothing, right? And that will definitely play out at the end of the movie when Harry, <laughs> via Lucius Malfoy, uh, leaves a sock in the diary, hands it to Lucius, Lucius hands it to Dobby, and Harry says, open it, and there's the ugly, gross black sock. And Dobby just utters the most famous line of, Master has given Dobby his sock. Dobby is free. Like, it's just, it's just such a great... It's such a great line. It is like, like you can hear so it wonderful. in his voice and you can quote it. It's easily quotable. It's um, and then 
also too like harry is like i'll do any oh no dobby's like i'll do anything for you um mm -hmm. mr potter i'll do anything and harry's <laughs> just like anything just don't try to save my life again <laughs> like just stop mm, and we'll we'll put a pin in that for when we talk about a later movie but yeah no dobby is is definitely an important character he's a, a most most beloved character in the potter community mm -hmm. um i will go as far to admit that my mom actually made me a little little plushie of dobby who sits on my christmas tree every year <laughs> with a little sock Cute. yes i am that person <laughs> Kind of gives me uh, Schmeagle vibes. No, I mean, uh, in like appearance, the... I can kind of get that, but I, I would yeah. get that more from Creature. Creature, but even like we'll in his tone of like saying "master," you know, "masters" wants this, or you know, well, like speaking it's like similar... in the third person, I get it, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I... no, <laughs> they're still two very different. <laughs> individuals <laughs> so yeah. yeah i think like a humanoid little goblin creature then speaks in a high voice and speaks in third person i think it's uh, like i understand the connections but yeah. i think people who grew up with knowing dobby and loving dobby and i mean these movies were out around the same time too so they were you're There's right that. yeah you're right no mm -hmm. with, with dobby i mean constant he's constantly coming to harry's aid and uh, in a way I mean, he he bewitched the bludger during the Quidditch match to track Harry and ultimately broke his arm. And he figured, oh, well, you know, if you if you got taken out, like you, you'd be sent home. You you wouldn't be here to see the bad things that are going to happen. So, yeah, like it's uh Dobby has good intentions. Execution. That's 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 the question. <laughs> Um, yeah, we have some uh, discussions going on in the chat. I see that. I see that. We're going back to about Hagrid being possible heir of Slytherin, but he's half giant. So that's asked by Bricky. And uh, Lady of Vast 250 says, did they think he was the heir or was he just blamed for a dangerous creature they had not yet identified? I'm going to go with that. I'm going to yeah. go with that. I agree with you, my friend. I... Um... Hi, by the way, now that I know it's you, um, I, um, I completely agree. I think it would be the dangerous creature aspect. I think that, um, Tom saw that this gentle giant literally had a dangerous creature and was like, I'm going to use this as my scapegoat. This is my ticket out of here um as one does <laughs> and that's why he that's why he called the alarm on him and he that's why he did he was the one who initiated them for, I, mm -hmm. I think it was entirely because of that i mean talk about deflecting and making sure that the heat was off tom because you know he had that conversation with dumbledore in that mm -hmm. in that memory you know if if all of the killings or the the attacks stop uh would the school stay open and Dumbledore was was sus. He's like, mm, is there something you want to tell me? No, mm -hmm. no, not at all. Just and then coincidentally, oh look, I discovered the person who had the creature, and look, it stopped. Yeah, and like yeah. she was saying, like, uh, it was also not just a 
scapegoat, but also like to get Tom praise and adoration for being the one to catch him, the bad guy. And mm-hmm. on top of that, it's just the fact that um, he, if and giants are not seen very, again, going with the, um, I guess, social hierarchy of creatures mm-hmm. versus humanoid beings. Um, they, they don't like half giants. Like Ron was actually pretty, was actually even a little scared and intimidated about from mm-hmm. uh, by Hagrid, his friend, when he found out that he was half giant later on in the books. And also, Ron, my dude, how do you, do you not? Do, do you how do you not? Like, yeah, do you think like um, there's naturally eight, eight, nine feet tall people like every day, like where you live? Like, come on, exactly. <laughs> so, I think it's more of like, uh, because through Ron, we do see how the wizarding world's biases. Like, same thing with him later on with werewolves, like how the wizarding world views them. So we see, which we'll talk about in the third episode, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I am too. But, like, how giants are, are seen as violent and dangerous. Mm-hmm. They are very violent and dangerous. Like, I mean, we've seen a troll and in the first <laughs> movie. Like, giants are bloodthirsty, bone-eating like monsters as far as like wizarding opinions that's what they think of them so a half giant who has a dangerous animal he's an easy target and i think listen he just likes what he likes y'all yeah like he just he just wanted a dragon he just wanted a big ass spider (laughs) (laughs) that was not scripted by the way it was just it wasn't that that acromantula is gnarly okay uh, i mentioned in our first pod that i had the opportunity to go to the studio tour in london and you get to see aragog in one of the <laughs> rooms yeah it's it's a little it's a little startling i mean i freak out just like on a little like a little one or a little roach my god <laughs> i if there's one thing in this world i'm deathly afraid of it's spiders i can't handle it and so you're like Ron. Why can't it be yeah. follow the butterflies? <laughs> I have genuinely burst into tears because of spiders Aww. before. Many, many times. It happened like a couple weekends ago. Like it's a thing. I can't deal with spiders. I would just burst into tears. And that's one of the things, reasons why in Hogwarts Legacy, which we'll touch on later, the number one thing that I'm the best at killing is spiders because <laughs> I just see them in fire, 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 incendio. <laughs> yes. Fire. Mm-hmm. Fire. Yes, Lady Abbas is, uh, she agrees about loving all magical creatures except the Acromantula. Yes, um, she is my friend who, um, she makes magical creatures that you can adopt. <gasps> I know who you're talking about. I'm so yeah. excited now. Yay! I, I know you've seen her bow truckles. Yes, yes, I have seen the bow truckles. <laughs> Very cool. And the pygmy pups. Thank you for joining. <laughs> yes. And uh, if you guys go on to my uh my Instagram, I usually um, share her posts as well. So you do. You can uh yeah you can find uh put it in the chat put your stuff in there so that i can talk about it but yeah it's uh, her, she makes amazing magical creatures they're beautiful gorgeous absolutely beautiful um i love yes. the bow truckles uh the little i pygmy believe pygmy um puffs. yeah and the pygmy puffs yes yes <laughs> And uh, so, uh, you actually made um, a couple weekends ago. She made a video uh, at a nursery with um, the mandrakes that she made. 
No. It looked really, really cool. Um, like an actual nursery and like going to a nursery and a herbology nursery and picking out your own mandrakes. That's very, very fitting for this movie because mandrakes Mm -hmm. are shown and heard in this movie. My goodness. Mandrakes. Jeez. So I think we've kind of touched on all the new additions to the cast and the newer characters uh, in the story at this point. Let's talk about Dumbledore. This was, uh, sadly, this is Richard Harris's final uh, movie playing the character. He actually died about a month before the movie was released. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amber, what are your thoughts on Richard Harris playing Dumbledore and how he played the, how he portrayed the character in the first two movies? Um, I really liked his portrayals. I, um, I don't really like Dumbledore as a character. <laughs> That's not Richard Harris's fault. Um, I actually think, um, I think he did really, he's my favorite portrayal of Dumbledore that I've seen with the, by, and like, I think that's saying something considering I don't really like the character. So I, that's right. um, I really, really like him. I think he sets a good foundation for the, very caring, very wise, intelligent beyond his beyond all everyone else's years. Um, wizard expert that we can all fall back on. Like uh, he builds that sense of trust and familiarity and um, wisdom for Harry mm-hmm. and everyone else around him. I think he does really, really well at it. I um, I would have loved to see him in the other movies for sure. Yeah, Richard Harris's adaptation of Dumbledore was, I I think, the truest to the books for sure. Not to say anything negative about Michael Gambon, but Richard Harris is is my my first and favorite Dumbledore. You know, next would be mm-hmm. Jude Law, <laughs> but with uh with Richard Harris, it's he really embodied that like what you said, the wise. Uh, or the wisdom of of being a very powerful wizard, but he is not necessarily going to give you all the answers. He wants you to figure figure it out yourself, which I have issues with that. Um, but overall with Richard Harris and this being his final performance as Dumbledore, I think it was just a very powerful performance because he we're given that line at the very end about, you know, it, it isn't, it is in our abilities that make us who we are. It's our choices. And I think that's just like outside of the wizarding world, that's just something that like everyone can live by and understand, you know, it's, it's not your genetic makeup or uh, it, what you can or cannot do. It's, it's the choices that you make about things and who you want to be and how you go about things. That's more important than, than your family status and, and that kind of nature. So Mm-hmm. Um, he was very wise for sure. And I think Richard Harris was the perfect cast for Albus Dumbledore. And Dumbledore always had Harry's back. So, which cannot be said about the Dursley family, which <laughs> once again, they still suck. Like <laughs> we see a lot less of them in this movie, but God, they're brutal. I opening this movie. I'm just like, how is Harry not, you know, I wouldn't say brutally murdered them yet, but like at Wait. the very least made them disappear. Cause like he's not, I, he's not allowed to use magic outside of Hogwarts. 
He's underage. He breaks all the other yeah. rules. Just do it. <laughs> What's he waiting for? These people, these people. He's terrible. Harry freaking Potter. He can do what he wants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, if you think the Dursleys are bad here, you wait until Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Just coming up very soon. Yeah. There, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said blowing up really soon, which. Apropos. <laughs> <laughs> That's so apropos. Oh my god, that's funny. Oh. Oh. Now, conversely, the Weasleys are great. Like they obviously they, they come to rescue Harry. And I want to talk a little bit about the flying car. I think the flying car Ooh. in this movie, which belonged to the Weasley family, to Ron's dad, I think the flying car looks great. Mm. It's it's pretty. It's, it it plays a pretty pivotal role throughout the movie. You know, it rescues Harry a couple of times in different uh, situations and scenarios. Um, I just think it looks awesome. Like, I think for a movie that came out in 2002, just across the board, the visual effects to me mm-hmm. are really, really well done. And yeah. Uh, so what are your Amber? What do you think about the flying car? Um, I think it's iconic. <laughs> it's very, very recognizable. It's iconic. It's great. And I think it also shows a good foundation about um <clears throat> The Weasley family, and then also what, um, what uh, Mister Weasley does, like for his job in the in the Wizarding world, like his and his his special interest is mm-hmm. Muggle technology and Muggle anything really. So I think it's kind of a good way to com combine the Muggle and Wizarding <laughs> world and show us that, while um, still like kind of giving us a basis of how mr weasley is as a character like he he would be that guy who charms his car yeah yeah i think i think justin you mr weasley would probably get along famously just because he'd have so many questions for you as a muggle like what is the exact function of a rubber duck (laughs) i I think i'd probably be stumped on that one (laughs) right i think everyone's (laughs) stymied on that one the flying ford anglia which you know with with christopher columbus directing these two films they they try to use a lot of practical effects right um you cgi when you absolutely need to do it but um they tried to do as much practical sort of uh, sets and and tricks as they could and so there were many blue ford anglias that were used for the movie um it's uh, again it's also on tour at uh, the Wizarding World, at the Wizarding World, just kidding, the London Studio Tour. It's very cool. But I agree. Given it's what, 2002 for this movie, the visual effects were just so well done. Yeah. And even when the car goes invisible, I always love the idea of, of hitting the invisibility booster and then just going invisible and just flying around. around it's such a cool concept. It. It really honestly is. It, it looks like, cool. Not it's only so this, well done. Not only does this car is this car magical, not only does this car fly, but it can be invisible and later on be semi-sentient. Like how yeah. cool mm-hmm. is that? I love Yeah. It. Yes, for sure. So uh welcome Marion to uh the pod. Appreciate you being here. Um yeah, like and I just want to point out uh, one of the comments here, Justin, Lady of Vast says she's always excited to watch people's first reactions. Um, had to identify you as a muggle because, you know, I mean, you are. 
technically second reaction. I've seen the movie before, but I, I specified. I, I specified. No, I no, Amber have a back. I appreciate it. I was gonna shout you out for I'm that. not gonna have I'm not gonna have your back because you're a liar. You're you a know, liar. Because you actually know me. But yeah. Um <laughs> and people say Slytherins are bad. Oh, that wow. was an admission. That was admission. You, but you know what though, and this is drawing like a callback to our last episode that me and you did, Brittany. This this two days ago, we talked about once again, we talked about Shazam Fear of the Gods. Yes. And while I, I'm way more a superhero fan, this is a much better movie. Like, not only is it a much better magical movie, I mean, it looks better. And it's, it's 20, 21 years ago. <laughs> it looks better. The story God, holds that makes up. me feel some type of way. <laughs> so, like, you know, like sitting down to watch this, it was it was an enjoyable watch. And also, mm-hmm. like, I was sitting, you know, I'm taking notes. And it's like it's like I'm doing a book report every week when I'm watching these movies. It's like a research paper kind of like I'm doing this every week, maybe like every month. Chill out. (laughs) Just how I do all these shows. Like I, I kind of take it like that kind of seriously. So, um, but no, this was an enjoyable watch. I think I'm, I think I might've, I think I might like this movie more than the first one. And I've always said that I like the first one the best, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I enjoyed this. I think they did really well with not just the effects of the car, but also Aragog. Uh, mm-hmm. the basilisk yeah. yep. and the whomping willow like we don't see the whomping willow oh, as God. much as like we do in the third movie but right. like it's the effects are amazing for the time and yeah. they were so real like i'm pretty i i was already scared of spiders like my entire life so like genuinely terrified That's but it. yeah i mean the effects of all of those millions upon millions of spiders but aragog himself wow so so incredibly detailed and the basilisk like now it kind of looks a little bit like a little bit aged but not much like i, st- I, still, I still think, think it holds up really well yeah yeah and the chamber like i mean this movie is called the chamber you know harry potter and the chamber of secrets the chamber itself looks freaking amazing from Gorgeous. the door that you have the seven snakes harry has the to snakes see- along the like there. walkway exactly (laughs) you know and then at the very end of that chamber is is what i believe is salazar slytherin it's he's carved in stone and that's how the basilisk exits (laughs) out of through the mouth or whatever and also i think that's kind of where um voldemort might have gotten the inspiration for the death or dark bark from a snake coming out of the mouth of a skull. <gasps> I had never considered that. Because the basilisk comes out of the mouth of Salazar Southern. Wow. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The set design <laughs> for the chamber is a uh, freaking amazing. It is so cool. I, if I could turn that into my room, I think that would be, that'd be pretty I, cool. It's a little damp for me. Um, no, I embrace it. I, embrace. I I honestly was hoping um, <clears throat> when I was a kid and I was reading the books and then obviously for the movie, I thought it would be really interesting later on in the movies when they're looking for a place to secretly do club activities, I guess mm-hmm. we're going to talk about later. Um, they were looking for a place to do it. And I'm like, why not do it in the Chamber of Secrets? There's only one person who can open the door. Yeah. <laughs> like... Did you see all that they had to get all that they had to get through in order to get to that point? No, 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 (laughs) no. And one other, one other, I think special effect I want to talk about. It's, it's a a practical, but also special effect. 
when we're first introduced to Fox the Phoenix. That was actually a really cool like puppet type thing. Richard yes. Harris had said in an interview that he actually thought it was a real bird. He actually he thought did. it was real. It was so well trained. Like he would talk to it and it would respond. Bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his heart. Like I love it's that. So so sweet. But I think that was cool to show like the a phoenix, right? It 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 dies and then it it's reborn from its ashes. And so you actually get to see that in the movie with, with the little, um, as they call it, fledgling um, rise from, from the ashes. And then you get to see beautiful Fox in all his glory and save yes. the day and, you know, save Harry's life with his tears. And, and I don't know. I think, I think it, it was good, especially for the era. Absolutely gorgeous. And I think he was really, um, I just think Fox is cool because he's they don't talk they don't mention it but that the the phoenix that has the core of both Harry and Voldemort's wands is Fox. They never mm -hmm. say it in the movies and that drives me absolutely bonkers but it's in the it's confirmed in the books that that is it's not just from the same phoenix it is that phoenix. Yeah. And that just so happens to be Dumbledore's. Yeah. He's just so pretty. The Deathly Hallows, anyone? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that, that I thought looked really cool in this movie was, and there's less of it in this movie, I think, than the first, is the Quidditch. There's not as much Quidditch, I don't think, in this movie, but... It will dwindle. It doesn't yeah. look as well. Like, it's just... Right. She hated writing it. She hated... Right. She's mad that she invented it. Like, it just dwindles yeah. as it goes on. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it looks like again, it holds up. It looks good visually. Yeah. I think the colors and everything and, and like that's where you kind of see like the the house colors really stand out when you've got that green yeah. field and they're flying around it. Oh, yeah. Looks super cool. Yeah, I think with Quidditch, you know, like I mentioned in the first uh, pod that we did for Harry Potter, that's exactly how I visualized it while reading the book at nine, ten years old, however old I was when I first read the book. And to bring it to life like that was so incredibly well done. It's it's even better than what I could have ever imagined. And and to have that forever in your mind, it's just it's really cool because that translates to you know the Hogwarts Legacy game. Granted, there's no Quidditch in that either. Spoiler, people. Sorry. That was but... gonna be one of my questions. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Answer that for you. But uh, it's <laughs> you see the pitch. The pitch is there. Okay. okay yes. don't. It, it's not like the pitch goes unused, but there's just no Quidditch, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it was something that I've been saying for absolutely, maybe, maybe, maybe like eight, nine years now. I've been saying this because my previous job was like at Best Buy and like I was around games all the time. I was saying this for years. I think it'd be really, really brilliant if they came up with like a VR Quidditch. Because... You can come up with a handle thing, which will the handle can be basically like a flying a flying a helicopter or flying a plane. You know, like you can use it like that, and could, could be the controller. Visually, the VR setting would be good. I mean, I get some people get motion sickness. A lot of people, a lot of people actually can't do VR. I understand that. Me, I just have high <laughs> dreams for this. Like, I love Quidditch. It's the only sport I understand. I mean, come on, <laughs> give me just give me this. Give me this. <laughs> Justin, I think if you were to ever play Quidditch, both in person, because there there are Quidditch leagues in real life, 
or I mean, minus the flying, obviously. But I mean, you can believe you're flying in your heart, okay. but they do they do ride around on broomsticks. <laughs> but anyway, um, even with VR, I, I could see you being. You could play the position of beater. You just like whack the hell out of yeah the 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 bludgers. I can I can see that out of you. I'm a goal scorer. I, I'm putting points on the board. Whatever no, you're that aggressive. Is. You're aggressive. You're just whack, whack. Okay. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I play every position. Maybe I'm just like a five tool player. You know, just like all over the field. I don't know. Do you think he could be a seeker? I don't know. You have to be yeah. fast for that. You gotta be. You gotta be super. You gotta fast. be fast, and you yes. also have to like have be agile. Yeah, you gotta be agile, and you also Quick. gotta be have good eyes, I guess, which kind of <laughs> counterproductive since Harry has glasses. But whatever. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. I probably can't play that position, but uh, <laughs> I actually have a comment about the the PS2 ver uh, PS2 game. Oh yeah. man! So I had the it's possible. PlayStation. I had the original PlayStation, and I remember the Harry Potter games that came out for that console back in the day. I was terrible at flying. I'm still terrible at flying. Just <laughs> me too. Just to put it out there, I'm bad. I at think it. if flying were like possible were i actually a witch and actually going to hogwarts and i actually got a broom i have these dreams that i would be an amazing flyer but i'm so terrible at it in every version of any flying harry potter game i am absolutely terrible <laughs> i it took me like 20 tries just to get through the like first challenge in hogwarts legacy for flying because i just <laughs> Suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I, I'll, sh I'll share my Hogwarts uh, legacy I mean, reviews when we get there. <laughs> I've always, whenever people ask, like, what's a class or something that you think that you would really, really enjoy in Hogwarts, and other than like charms because mm. of the wands and stuff like that, I always say flying because I always have wanted to fly. I think it'd be really, really cool, and that just really humbled me. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "I had to come to Jesus moment." <laughs> it did. <laughs> or come to the ground moment. <laughs> oh, you poor. You're like Neville. I'm the Neville of flying. God. <laughs> oh, so that's heartbreaking. We're kind of wandering into video game corner. We were talking wandering. about wandering. Yeah. <laughs> Legacy. Wandering. And I did okay. it on purpose. Good um, job. Yeah. So, but before we get to <laughs> the video game, let's let's wrap up the movie. Amber, I think you had you had something you wanted to. You had a special. A theory uh, topic or theory why don't you go into that now yes um it's a theory that's been floating around on like tumblr facebook and it's, it's been floating around everywhere really for a while now um the theory is that the um that the paper that hermione had when she was petrified that you know singled out that the item was a basilisk Brittany, you know what i'm getting at yes I um do. That it was Draco who gave her that. Um, obviously, she didn't know that. But the theory is because in the beginning of the movie, when they are in the bookshop and we do meet Lucius um, for the first time, we see the first glimpse that we get of Draco is he's flipping through a book on the stairwell and he rips out a page, shoves it in his pocket, and then just puts the book away. And then the scene continues on. Um theory is that he knew kind of what his father was getting up to and he knew because and he knew about the plan with the diary he knew he knew something he heard whispers of something and he 
or maybe he even just maybe that wasn't his grand design maybe he just saw this page and thought it was interesting it was being a little brat and ripping it from a book because it was a torn out piece from a textbook hermione would never <laughs> like she had it a ripped out piece of paper in her hand a textbook and it's saying like talking about the cre uh, basilisk and the creatures and how it's getting around and she wrote on it that doesn't seem like hermione behavior she that girl worships books it the library is her religion and she would never rip it out of a book i firmly believe that she would never have done that i think he could have snuck it onto her research somewhere where she would find it and yeah, it's a theory, but I'm actually all for it. So I've heard that theory for many, many years at this point. Yes. Um, I think there's some flaws in it. Yeah. Um, just because I think people also tend to believe that Draco, while yes, he ripped a page out of a book, it may have been for the Serpent Sordia charm uh, to, to use on Harry. Mm -hmm. Because the fact that there draco himself seems to have a hate towards muggleborns i mean he refers to hermione as a mudblood which is like a derogatory mm -hmm. term why would he also help hermione after he says to crab and goyle air quotes you know when they're polyjuiced that yeah, the next one's granger he hopes that the next person killed is is granger like you know what i'm saying now there's yeah. people out here who ship Oh, that Draco yeah, they are and the Hermione. I'm one of them. Just with the theory in itself, it it it, it has its flaws. Like I said, it kind of falls apart. Yeah, it's, I think it's not one I put a whole lot of stock behind. It's a I yeah. I just think it's a fun idea that like oh he on the surface seems like he hates mud Muggleborns and he hates Hermione. Yeah, but he really wants to help her. I I could even go as far as to say maybe it was even Jenny. Like kind of like a last attempt for help that could and be yeah i think it would be good to like i think if it wasn't draco it makes sense for it to be jenny yeah uh, regardless i don't think hermione took it out of the page because she would just not do that but you and i agree on that for sure 100%. i and as far as draco goes we do know that later on a lot of times like he doesn't have a redemption but we do know that he is later on like scared and horrified by the treatment of what's happening to the students and people he grew up with. Yeah. But I don't think he's there yet. So I kind of agree with you there where he's like, where part, like maybe in a few years he would be like, Oh yeah. Uh, people are dying that I grow up with people that I go to school with people. I know. I don't think he really understands that at 12. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I don't think the weight of the world should fall on teenagers' hands. <laughs> Just saying. Or 12-year-olds. I mean, preteens. Same difference. <laughs> yeah. They think they know everything. Mm -hmm. Children. So, so let's let's wrap up our talk about the movie. Let's get final thoughts. I already mentioned that I think this might be better than the first one. Mm. Um, Amber, what do you think? What Do you think it's better than the first movie? And what are your kind of final thoughts or something you that we didn't mention that you'd like to mention about the movie. I think it, I actually like it a little bit better than the first movie in the fact that it definitely still sweeps us along the story. Like it doesn't feel like a filler movie in between. Okay. I mean, we do have eight movies. <laughs> it's um, 
in seven books. Like it does not feel like a filler at all. And I think that in and of itself is impressive. And we've already talked about the uh, practical and digital effects. All of it absolutely still gorgeous and still hold up very, very well. Very realistic. I think it's amazing for what it, for what it was. And it. Um, I remember being in the theaters and um, daring my cousin to eat jelly beans. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> Well, they had the themed jelly beans, like the like the ones from the from the Wizarding World, where like they taste horrible. They do. I actually hate jelly beans because of this. And <laughs> yeah, we absolutely we got multiple boxes and we just pigged out and we were just daring each other. <laughs> but I remember vividly watching this movie and being like so in awe and wowed from it, and I think it holds up. Very cool. Brittany, what, yeah. what do you think? What oh, Final thoughts on the movie? Is it better than the first one? The first one's always going to hold a special place in my heart just because it's the introductory to the Wizarding World. And of the t- these two Christopher Col- Columbus-directed movies, I think they're both extremely well done in staying true to the book or as much as you can you can. You, know, you can't include every little detail. I would have liked to have seen a couple of th- scenes, including the death day party in, yeah. in this book. Um, it's, it's a, a ghost party basically. It's death and day party. it's a death day party and, and the golden trio are invited to attend. I just, I kind of would have liked to have seen that whole scenario because the way it's described in the books, mm-hmm. it's like, sounds awful, but I want to see it anyway. But I, in terms of story, it really progresses the story because like what we've talked about earlier, mm-hmm. there's a lot of little nuggets and seeds planted that you'll see again later in the movies and with the character development and places that were first introduced to like, for example, Harry winds up in Nocturne Alley, which we'll see again later on in, in later films. Um, we'll see Dobby again. We'll get to see Lucius Malfoy again and just see the progression of mm-hmm. uh, with their the loyalty to Voldemort um and the sword of Gryffindor you see that too that's that's true this is the first time you could see sword of Gryffindor behind me so yeah like there's a lot of uh, a lot of elements planted in this movie that's going to carry for later movies so in terms of story I really do enjoy Chamber of Secrets but for me I think Sorcerer's Stone is just always going to like be number one out of these two um just because it's the first. Uh, but I do have a different favorite movie out of the whole eight Potter Same. movies. <laughs> so that is yet to inter- come. <laughs> I'll be interested to find out what that is as we continue to talk about these movies. Um, my final thoughts on the movie. I, I've wanted to mention that I like the kid with the camera. I think he's funny. I think it's a funny <sighs> kind of comedic character. Fun and, fact. Yep. That actor actually did grow up to be a photographer. Oh, <laughs> that makes not even sense. lying. Not even lying. That pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, do what you know. You know, like that's what he, he yeah. did it. So congrats mm-hmm. to him. Yep. But, but no, this is a good movie. And most importantly, this movie has a character named Justin in it. So can't go wrong with that. Because I mean, who is also a muggle born. I'm going to convert <laughs> you if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> We're doing podcasts about your favorite thing. You're winning. <laughs> Okay, no, I, like I want you to like it. <laughs> I said I like the movie. I said I, I like it more than a superhero movie that I went to see that I was, you know, 
kind of looking forward to seeing. So <laughs> I'm on your side. Okay. No, I think she needs um adoration and worship and like you 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 need, you to, need have to be merch. on power level. You need yeah, you need to have merch. You need to have a definitive well, house. You need like yeah. He says he's I need wand stats. I need wand stats just for my sanity. Um, Patronus, whatever we. I definitely know what that you. is. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll come up next time. Just Justin, you you have a PS5. Listen, if your birthday's coming up, if someone gifts you Harry Potter, not Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy. You'll learn these that, things. That is a good transition because <laughs> now we're going to our video game corner portion of the episode where, as we talked about last in the last episode, in the first movie, we talked about how Amber had recently acquired the Hogwarts Legacy video game for PS5. Yes. Well, now Brittany has joined her. And before well, I ask, yeah, before I ask y'all about the game, I just want to mention this game is was released on February 10th. It's already surpassed a billion dollars in sales. And it's only on the current gen consoles, meaning PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and I guess I guess it's all. Because uh a oh, PC, PC, right? Yeah. Now for the last gen systems, which is like PS4 and the uh Nintendo Switch, which is not totally last gen, but and for the uh, I believe the Xbox Xbox One, I believe was the last gen Xbox. Um, those don't come out until May fifth. So this game is going to make a ton more whenever it's available for for those systems. Switch is actually longer of a wait. They don't oh, it have is. A, okay. Yeah. Um, the tentative date was July, okay. and the tentative date was April for all of the other consoles. But they moved it April for the older consoles to May. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. We don't have that much hope for Switch. It might, they haven't said anything, but Switch might right. be also pushed back. But right now it's in, in July. Yep. Well, but Amber's good. She's got the PS5. She's fine. Yeah, she's yeah, good. I'm fine. Yep. Switches get stitches. That's what I've always heard. So, no, no. <laughs> oh, I love my Switch Aww. so much, but oh my um, gosh. I'm getting, I'm, I'm trying to get better at I'm still Aww. terrible. And uh, Brittany has been like, uh, you're like maybe like 50% more through this. Thing that I am, I'm like probably, that. I'm probably now like sixty. <laughs> so, Brittany, you just got PS5 last week, right? Uh, In a full week, maybe March thirteenth. It's been a week and a half. Okay, so you got the PS5, you got Hogwarts Legacy. How are you enjoying it? <sighs> Impulsive buys, y'all. Impulsive <laughs> buys. Damn. That was expensive. Um, <laughs> thankful. I was just very thankful that my local Target had the console and the game. I knew they would have the game, but I was glad that they had the console in stock. Uh, shout out to yeah. my Target, by the way. But yeah, it was a, it was a really much. It was pretty much a, an impulsive buy because I last week was on spring break. I decided, hey, I've got time. My husband had purchased the game for his PC and I'm like, let me, let me try this out. Let me see. Oh my God. Like, Oh, look how beautiful. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's a troll, you know, and I'm doing all of this like on, on the PC and I'm like, well now I want to play. Like I'm not a gamer. Okay. I'm, mm-hmm. I've never really been a gamer. I've never done RPG. Um, I, I, I just, I just don't game like that, but this game, I didn't want to f- fall into the hype of things. Cause I just, I don't tend to do that. Mm-hmm. 
I understand though. I get yeah. it. Because it's beautiful. Holy and shit. The amount is of beautiful. details and it's so complex. And that's why I'm not I'm I'm only like 20 something percent through the story <laughs> because I am constantly sidetracked to like, oh look at the pretty butterfly. Let me follow where it goes. Um <laughs> You laugh, but it's done. I've done it. No, I know. Um, I, I can totally see that out of you. Oh, look, oh, look, it's so pretty. And then she, yeah, there's, and there's cats and you can pet all the cats. Yeah, and... I'm making it my personal goal to pet all of the cats. Like I, every yeah. single time I see a cat, like no matter what I'm doing, I'll, I'll just like skid to a stop and be like, cat. She uh, should be battling a troll and like, oh, look, kitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you best believe everything is second to petting all yeah. the cats in Hogwarts. <laughs> and it is definitely a thing. And I mean, it's so, the, I've just, I've explored the castle. Like I think I didn't do, maybe for a full day that I was playing the playing the game, I guess. I wasn't actually doing any quests. I wasn't doing any side quests. <laughs> I wasn't doing any, I was just exploring. And then it. the moment that I got my broom, I just started exploring in the sky flying everywhere yeah. <laughs> like I, just flying around hogwarts and i think um there is a time because you know you know daylight passes in the show mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the in the game i it was like just before dawn and so like oh i have to get to this one specific place because i want to <laughs> see the sun rise over hogwarts from this spot and it was gorgeous oh, it was beautiful man so silly yeah no like amber says it's incredibly immersive the details mm -hmm. it's not it's not like it's just the castle, the Hogsmeade village, which which is uh, very iconic from the movies and the books. There's a whole map, a whole world of communities. Um, yes. And it's so easy to get so sidetracked from like the main quest or even your side quest. Um, you want to go see all the things you want to fight all the things you want to discover all the magical creatures. Like I'm not going to like go too in depth because I'm a lot farther in the game than Amber is. And I don't want to spoil anything for her. Um, oh no, no, no. I don't want to do the, it. No, the internet spoiled things a lot. So, I... oh, okay. Well, you're like Justin. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, so like, <laughs> Yes, Brittany. We can't avoid the internet. Like it's like it's in our lives. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not a it? new fad. It's it like, was kind it? of a yeah. it was kind of a bummer at first, but then I was like, "There's no way for me to ex like avoid this." Especially back before um, my boyfriend surprised us with the PS5, and I mm. thought I was going to have to wait for Switch. Like, uh, yeah, I there was no way I could avoid it. I tried my very best, and I'm still kind of trying. But if I come across it, I'm not mad about it. Well, one thing I will say, Amber and I can, we've talked about this already, but we relate on this. There's one fucking level that absolutely destroyed us. I had to switch from the normal mode that I was playing to easy because I couldn't kill this boss without dying. Yeah, And Ten it wasn't the flying. It wasn't the flying. No. I want to point that out, guys, because we no. already said we're both bad at flying. No, it no. wasn't that. It was a freaking huge, like, armor dude that you just couldn't beat. Like, yeah. I was so, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm playing, I'm dying. Okay, do it again. Dying. So, tie, died 15 more times. And then John says, well, why don't you switch to easy mode? And I'm like, you've been watching me die and now you say something? I'm about to kill you. 
Well, <laughs> you know, at least he gave that option. My, my Will is just like, do you want me to do it for you? Which that was my that was also John's thing. That was also John's thing with the flying. He's like, let me do it for you. <laughs> no, he, I, I, I won't let him. Like that just makes me more mad and more determined mm-hmm. to do it. And mm-hmm. it took me like maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours, because. Yeah, I don't even know how many times. <laughs> well, it's easy to play for three, four hours. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> now, these video games, though, there's no shaming putting on easy mode because a, a lot of times, with and I'm not a big RPG, I mostly just play sports mm-hmm. games, but I like Spider-Man, which was a hit game on the PS4. I mean, really, mm-hmm. Spider-Man almost sounds like what Hogwarts Legacy is. It's an open world Spider-Man game where you can, you feel like Spider-Man as you're like swinging through Manhattan. Like you're in New mm. York and you actually feel like you're doing that stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. in that game and a lot of the, the superhero kind of games like that, they're like, if you put it on easy mode, they call that story mode. Like if no, you just want to, yeah, if you just want to enjoy the story and like not be, you know, super mm-hmm. challenged, which is kind of like, I just kind of want to get through the story and see what happens. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, if I want to play something challenging, I'll play Madden or 2K or something <laughs> on the hardest level. But like oh, when God. I'm fighting, you know, Green, the goblin or whatever like you know i i prefer for you know get through it not have to do it over and over and over so yeah mm-hmm. i'm pretty bad with the armor people but i'm mm. worse fighting the goblins for some reason i don't know why and uh but the spiders i kill them like that because it's just i just think fire they're fire tuck, at them. tuck and roll tuck and roll is all i'm gonna say tuck and roll that's yeah. gonna be your best friend with, it is with it really fighting is everything <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And no. uh, whenever you learn to kind of like fast apparate, kind of like. Yeah. No, fast, that's like, that's my best friend. Like, yeah. In Love fighting it. off enemies. It's it's awesome. But no, it's so easy to get so sidetracked from the main quests and just wander everything. Because like as you wander, you're unlocking areas of the map and mm-hmm. then you're kind of tempted to discover certain areas or certain little pinpoints like the flute what they call the flute network uh which helps you fast travel to like different areas instead of having to be on your broom or by foot or you know and uh, hippogriff i have a hippogriff now yay i haven't yet but that's also because i'm so behind but (laughs) i i did a side quest just because i felt like it uh for the um potions uh I'm forgetting his name, but the uh, potion and yeah, uh, I did it for him in the no, not not the professor, um, oh. in Hogsmeade. Oh, I know in Hogsmeade, yeah, the proprietor, yeah, yeah, I did it for uh, a side quest for him where I had to deliver ingredients for him for someone else in another town, like just yeah. a town over, yeah. and I for a little hamlet over there, mm-hmm. and while I was just wandering exploring, you know, I was just killing spiders as I go, um, as you do. Yeah, I was walking by this beautiful field and there's a, like a beautiful little river and a freaking dragon just descends from the sky and lands gracefully next to me in the field. And I'm like, can I pet you? What is happening? <laughs> I, I I just kind of stu- like in, in my character, I guess, kind of just stood there staring at this dragon for a good 20 minutes because I'm like, a dragon it didn't just move. It didn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Wow. And um, I didn't approach Until it. Until you said Dracarys, right? Like, <laughs> ah, but I'm bummed. No, um, I... Uh, I missed Dracon. There were spiders, like, just ahead. So I was like, okay, well, I got to kill these spiders. Then I get the dragon to burn those motherfuckers. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. See, something in my brain was just yeah. like something in my Isn't brain was that? telling me I'm like not yet. I was like I think I was only level like 15 or something, and I'm like I will. This will not end well if I approach the dragon. Listen, I got sidetracked on a side quest. You should have been a level 30. I was at like a level 24 at the time. It's fighting off an acromantula. Listen, I got killed like that. Don't don't try to do quests when you're not leveled up, okay? People like don't. Yeah, like something was don't. telling me I'm like I cannot approach this dragon right now. I just can't. I, I could I could look at you, but it was just so graceful and gorgeous and I'm like, what kind of world am I fictionally living in? It was beautiful. It's like where's Khaleesi? <laughs> yes. Oh, it, so it's just it's fantastic. Yeah. Do y'all when you're playing the game, and I assume y'all you've created your you're, Amber, you're in the game, and Brittany, you're mm -hmm. in the game, correct? So yes. in this game, do you encounter characters from the story, from the movie series, or from? Uh, no, because no? this it's about a hundred years, maybe no. even two hundred, maybe like uh, no, it's one hundred and eighty, I think. I yeah. before, before before Harry Potter, before Harry. Okay. So there's um, familiar family names like the Weasleys, the Gaunts. Yeah. If, if y'all know, you know who the Gaunts are. Yeah. Um, there's, Rookwood. there are Rookwood. There's familiar family names, but they're not the actual same characters from the Harry Potter series that um, we have come to know and love. Ricky says that Pretty it's set it. in the 1890s. Yeah. And um, Harry Potter takes place in the 1990s. So it is a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Justin, there's Justin like you a... and you and Harry are the same age. Just FYI. Seriously, seriously, yeah. he was he was born eighty. Cool. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's also a lot of um, like with the Gaunts, there like there's a Gaunt family um person who I don't think we have it confirmed in any way, shape, or form, but people think he's like the great uncle of Voldemort technically, because the Gaunts are um. Voldemort's uh, like mom's family, yeah. so it's a name and, that we are familiar with, and they're they're direct descendants of Salazar Slytherin. So yes, like so, we know this, but we know this. Do they know this? <laughs> but I think, but I think what's cool because I asked John about this because he was playing as a as a different character, of course, than me. We're sorted into different houses. Mm -hmm. He was playing as a Gryffindor. I'm a Slytherin, so I'm playing Slytherin. And I asked him, I'm like, well, are these characters the same regardless of the house? And he goes, no. He goes, they're different characters. They have like mm. their own story as well. So he started playing up again, I think as a Hufflepuff maybe. Um, and that's something I'd like to do. Like once mm. I'm done with like the main story and like I've done same. all the things as a Slytherin, I want to go back and like play it as the remaining houses. Yeah, and I'm going to see I how have different the stories I'm gonna are. I'm going to do Hufflepuff. I'm going to do Hufflepuff, then Ravenclaw, then Gryffindor. Like, I have it after yeah, I'm Gryffindor's done with Gryffindor's last for me. Yeah, yeah. Gryffindor's last for me. Uh, no no disrespect to Gryffindor's. It's just not my priority. <laughs> I think you guys get enough clout, so I think you guys deserve to be last for once. You got you to gotta be knocked down a couple pegs. Just I'm not bitter about house points and stuff. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You find some really cool things, like, but yeah, inside it, Hogwarts, outside. Like, it, yeah. it's it's really cool. There's a lot of, um, but I thought that like theory, somebody, did, I remember, I don't, I didn't read all the way through it, but somebody did like the math and family background stuff and thinking that 
because um, that specific this specific gaunt character um he is not mentioned in the books so we're like okay so he's not obviously voldemort's line but maybe he is like voldemort's like great uncle or great great uncle who knows but it's interesting to think about because um and there's peeves a character who's never in the movies and yes there's so many other details and like i because of the books i know how to get into the um hufflepuff common room and i found the door to it but I can't do it because I'm not a Hufflepuff. But yeah. I want to. Yeah. Because I know how. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's cool. And it's cool because like when you're walking through everything, like the care like non-playable characters, you can hear them having their conversations or like interact mm-hmm. with uh, with their own magic. Or like there's a howler, which is something we didn't talk about in this from this movie. The red how dare envelope. We? I know the red envelope that Mrs. Weasley sends to Ron and bitches him out. Like that's such an iconic item. It's such an iconic scene, but you do get to see howlers being sent on the students and them being yelled at for various reasons. If it's school related or if it's you support this Quidditch team, how dare you kind of thing. (laughs) It's just, it's just funny little, like little things here and there. So yeah, there's definitely, um, there's definitely a lot to see. So you can go through an area twice and it mm. never be the same sort of encounter. Like it's always going to be different. So you always have to be on the lookout for something. So it's Ricky scary. says you need to do a day long live about Hogwarts legacy. My God. I no. think that that would be very, very fun. I don't think a day long I could do mentally. No. I think I would just get so frustrated on a certain level or something, or the live would get boring because I'm just petting all the cats. Something will happen. <laughs> it won't be all day. I think it'd be very, very fun to do. And I originally wanted to do lives on my channel. Um, that's what I, my initial plan was, but I'm going to be moving in the next month. and. <laughs> I yeah. don't have the setup for it. And also I don't even have the I don't have I, I, I don't have us like a streaming dock or anything like that to do it yet. Same. But same. I've got nothing. To- I've got nothing. I don't desire to do live streaming for the game. Sorry, everyone. I just it's just it's not in the cards for me. I I do I am enjoying playing the game, rest assured. But yes. I have no desire to do live streaming that and i think like everyone and their mom's doing it and i'm like "Eh." like yeah i feel like because originally i did many many polls on my instagram and other and like my tiktok for my youtube for my wand lore studies and also for my on the channel itself i did many many polls asking if people would be interested in it and everyone said yes but i everybody's in there you're right everybody and their mother's doing it so i kind of just Everyone in their house elf is doing it. I can't. I yeah, can't. Sure. I, I I really don't know. And I that's also why I haven't filmed any episodes of my channel in a couple of months. Because mm. I just don't really have the setup or background yet. But one, hope maybe in like two months I might consider it again. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. And who knows, Ricky, maybe maybe we'll come back to actually just talk about the game. It might not be like a... A, a day long session of just talking about the game. I don't want to give too yeah. many spoilers out there. Um, but yeah, that's something that's something maybe we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, we've got six more Harry Potter 
episodes to come. So movies. Yeah. Movies. No, movies. I mean episodes of our podcast. I know. I, I didn't get that confused earlier, but no, there's six more movies for us to watch, six more episodes for us to pod about. So 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 Bricky, yeah, I think we're gonna continue with our updates on how Amber and Brittany are doing in the game. Mm-hmm. But last thing, just real quick for y'all, is this a must buy for a must or a must play for a Harry Potter fan? This game? Coming from someone who is a diehard Harry Potter fan, I I didn't want to get into the hype, I think, because I didn't want to be let down. Mm-hmm. Um, to each their own. If you want to play, play. I, I have a major learning curve. Like the last time I played it, the PlayStation was the PS1. Okay, so I'm still trying to figure out like controllers and like mm-hmm. how everything's changed. Like, so... There's extra buttons now. It's, it's there's extra buttons. Yeah. There's the little joysticks that wasn't right. there when I first started playing. My God. Um, yeah, that's so weird for me. <laughs> aside from the learning curve, like it's the world is very immersive. I'm not too sure if I love the story that they're yeah. giving us. Um, that might actually be the flaw in itself. But to just play as if you're a student in Hogwarts and really get to explore Hogwarts is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're like me and waited a month until you, you cut the game, like, cool. Like you might want to wait until the hype dies down or whatever. Um, or it comes out on the other consoles. Or it comes out on the other consoles. consoles. Challenge yourself, play on the other consoles. I don't know. But uh, I, I, I would I would recommend at least watching one of these uh gamers out here who who does a live stream and then just kind of see like for yourself like okay is this something i want to invest in because i feel like i want to do nothing else but play <laughs> so it's, yeah it's you've been saying con- that off like off live you've been saying that non-stop like i just want to be playing i don't want to work i want to play <laughs> yeah work is really cutting into my gaming time which sucks <laughs> no but um it's it's a commitment so Y'all make your decision. I, um, I want to say yes, it's a must get only because I, again, I worked at, I worked at a Best Buy for <clears throat> many years and I actually knew about the development of this game for like six years. <laughs> I have been like back when it was just whispers of a possibility and I have been following it and just eating up all of the information I have about it. And I was so, so, so excited. And everything that I was hearing about it was just making me fall in love and get more excited even more and more. And the trailer came out, looks amazing, looks great. I, and then when it came out before I got it, it even sounded even better. Like I, I I knew I needed to do it. So I was just, I, I was fine with waiting. Um, I've actually had some friends, I think I mentioned on the, when we did uh, Philosopher's Stone, I mentioned that my um, editor and producer, he actually has never watched the Harry Potter movies. And he, the only information of backstory that he has about Harry Potter is from editing my videos that he, he's playing the game and just because it got so much hype and he heard so many good things about it and he's obsessed with it. He's in love with it. He's like, he thinks that he said that, to me, I quote that it was one of the best games that he's played in the past couple of years. Yeah, all right. Very cool. So I think even without knowing anything about Harry Potter, and like clearly without knowing about Harry Potter, it breathes. Um, we were talking about it with um, a, in another group of friends of mine. Um, 
Lady of Bass was in this group where we're saying it bring it really brought a breath of new life to this wizarding world. It is bringing more people who don't play the game, who don't aren't really that much involved in the fan base, bringing them into it and just bringing the community and raising it up. And it's Brittany's right. It is the most immersive experience that we have so far that I've experienced for the wizarding world. And like, I've been to universal and I've done the wand choosings and I've seen other events and stuff like that. There's the Yule balls. Like there's so many different things, but this is so much more immersive. Mm -hmm. I love it. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, very cool. And, you know, now that y'all are gamers, it's only a matter of time for y'all to play The Last of Us. They're going to be playing The Last of Us. Oh, Justin. Right. Justin, Justin, Justin. <laughs> so so as we get out of here, uh, Amber, you have a wonderful YouTube channel. Please, you. once again, plug your YouTube channel and your social media. Thank you. Um, my You can find me at on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube here at olivambers.wands it is um also my at in this live it is olivambers.wands spelled like olivander but amber my name and <laughs> it, we study wands and wand lore in the his, in the wizarding world so i do deep dives into the symbolic historical and um cultural meanings of the woods and the magical beasts that the cores come from and we compare that to the characters and see how well it fits and it's wand lore it's fun and i talk about every every episode is talking about a specific wand so and there's more to come with that so if you like wands and you want to learn more about characters as the wands because they are sentient check it out (laughs) and we love having you on the show so it's great to have you again thank you Uh, Yay. Brittany, you've got a pretty cool um, Harry Potter YouTube channel. Would you like to let us know? Sure. So I pretty much just do unboxings of subscription boxes who are mainly small businesses that have a love and passion for Harry Potter. And I'm actually a rep for one of them. So they send me the box. I give my honest opinion. And most of the time it's positive so you can head over to my youtube channel which is listed in the description box down below as well as follow me on instagram i would love to have you join the exceptionally ordinary family if you know you know so yeah (laughs) it's it's fun i also have like some diys that i like to do that are wizarding world related um and occasionally i'll throw in my corgi because she's named after luna lovegood so it's like you know who doesn't love who doesn't love luna like and lego builds and Lego builds. That's right. I do do Lego builds. I actually have one that I'm editing. When I whenever I decide to go back to editing, stop playing stop the game. Yeah, I'll let you know. But it's coming. It's coming. I've got four. <laughs> I've actually I shot four Lego speed builds. Like I got to edit them all, but they're coming, y'all. So yeah, uh, check out Amber Amber's YouTube, my YouTube. Their links are in the description box down below, and follow us on Instagram. Yes, and. Now that you know what we think about the Chamber of Secrets and Hogwarts Legacy, we want to know what you think about it. So, and Brittany, how can people tell us what they think about the, the movie and the video game? So, like you're doing now in the live chat, thank you to those who have joined us today. Lady of Bass 250, Bricky, Marion, Yesenia. If I'm missing someone else, I apologize. Uh, we appreciate y'all being here, joining us for the live 
And those who are watching the replay, don't forget to subscribe, like, and hit that notification bell. That way you can tune in to the next Watchers in the Basement episode. We will be talking about Harry Potter in the near future. Next will be Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, a fan favorite for sure. But also don't forget to follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search at Watchers Basement. And you can also use the same hashtag, Watchers Basement, to help grow our audience. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the Basilisk, tell Salazar Slytherin. I don't care. Just tell people about us. That way we can grow our subscriber count. We're at time of recording, 233. Let's get to 250, y'all. Let's make that happen, okay? Lastly, you can check out our audio podcasts on Apple, Google, and Spotify, thanks to Spotify for podcasters. They changed their name recently. That's still weird to get used to. Um, don't forget to give us a five-star rating and join us again for the Watchers in the Basement. Thank you, Brittany. So for Brittany and for Amber, this is Justin saying thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. <laughs>